Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. You- What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone. The- people's dynasty podcast on today's show we're going to talk you know some more some more training camp news it has a big impact on the season ahead and a little dynasty trade etiquette talk but i'll tell you a man who's always got the best etiquette of anyone that i know he is my co-host he is the man of the hour and the man with the power jerry sinclair what's going on buddy nothing man no it's a fantastic intro nothing out of the ordinary there i am good um, you know, we are we are crawling towards fantasy football season. It's so close and it's so far away. Listen, I'm excited, man. I mean, we got I got hard knocks. I'm gonna watch that as soon as we're done with this. I got the HBO setup, get to see my man Dan Campbell, Jamal Williams, saw little clips of him doing what Jamal Williams does. To say the excitement is controllable would be a vast overstatement. I am excited on a level that I just cannot explain properly. How are you though? You are looking dude, absolutely dude, dapper. Dude, uh, I am uh, I'm like this weekend is the last weekend without football until like February. So like every every weekend like from like last weekend we just ended the weekend like 2 days ago as we record this. So this coming sat this coming sa- Saturday and Sunday, uh, we will have football, and that will repeat itself all the way through the month of like mid February. So man, we're in great shape from a football standpoint. Our boy Kyle from the Fantasy Football SmackDown back in action. Good to have Kyle back. You can tell the rest did him good. What, what's the old saying? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sure is good to have old Kyle back. He's such a sweetie. I was I was looking for it the other day, so I must have been a, a day early. Uh, he dropped dropped as we record this on Tuesday night. He dropped one this morning, uh, and it was part one. So I dare say part two will be in the hopper. And you can I, I can also tell you how fantasy football season's getting here is like every day of the week is a new DWZ podcast. So Monday has been the guys from the Dynasty War Games. Kyle is back with the fantasy football smackdown, our redraft show on Tuesday, the war zone dynasty, of course, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to drop a little something from our boy Dallas over at the rookie rundown and uh, TBD on Friday. So what do you think about that? I am. Listen, we are not a, a rated X podcast, so I will not describe the feelings that are occurring in my body because of all of those things. Tingly. The, the, yeah. the term you're looking that's for is tingly. That's the best I can do. Tingly is the best you can do. So we're going to jump into it. We're going to hit you with a little bit of uh, a little bit of camp news. But 
Um, before we roll into good people, bad tweets, I do have one. Okay. Uh, fa- my favorite story of the weekend. Now you, uh, you know, I, I love my dynasty fantasy football. It is my passion. It is something that I uh, take a take a lot of pride in being good at. I love the podcast. Love our patron, etc. But you know, I also love baseball. And uh, I, I I caught this. Do you though? I didn't. I know do. I, I do. I do love some baseball. And uh, my dad's favorite baseball player back in the day was Pete Rose. And uh, Pete Pete made a little uh, little headline <laughs> this weekend. So I guess in Philadelphia, they were celebrating like the 40th anniversary of a World Series, you know, victory. Did you happen to see any of this? Uh, I did not. I am not the biggest baseball guy, but. You know, I know but you're Pete familiar Rose with, is, with the city yeah, of Philadelphia. Yeah, I am. You're familiar with the name Pete Rose. I am absolutely. You know, Pete Rose from a dynasty standpoint is the reason you don't have the services of Calvin Ridley this year. And you can even True. you can even trace it back further than that to the Chicago Blackhawks. But you know, thanks to Pete Rose, it's pretty much written on every pro sports locker room across this great country. You do not bet on your own sport. It goes without saying. So, sorry, Mr. Ridley. This is like a 40-year-old and technically older rule than that. But anyway, b- back to my boy Pete. So, you know, old people will say whatever. Old people yeah. give zero shits, right? Correct. So, of course, Pete was up in the booth and, you know, he was waxing poetic about, you know, days. As, as old people, as boomers will tend to do. Yeah. And uh, he was describing a pitch, Jerry. Now, I know you're not the biggest baseball fan in the world, but... uh if I were to describe uh, a, a fastball as belt high, would you know what a belt high fastball meant? I would assume it goes by where your belt would be. Very good, sir. Uh, but but Pete, Pete had a different way of describing a fastball in that area. Are you ready? He didn't call it a belt high fastball. He did not, sir. Now, mind you, this was on the uh, the the Philadelphia Phillies broadcast. This is this was his description of what I what, what what I've always grown up to know as a belt high fastball. Are you ready? Okay. I hit a cock high fastball. Well, a, a, a cock was, high fastball. I don't know why that tickled me so much. Because we're children. That's why. It, it, it really is because we are ginormous children. Cock high. I don't know how I'm going to work it in. I'm going to have at least one redraft team this year in uh, in, in fantasy oh, football. Cock oh, cock. That's my team name, Cockeye Fastball. It's already been decided. So uh, that was one of my favorite moments from the weekend. But, Jerry, you know what else was a, a great moment for me from the weekend? What was that? One of our own patrons and content creators here at the DWZ, old Mike, Mike Casper. That's mm-hmm. how we met Mike was via the Patreon. He is one of the co-hosts of the Dynasty War Games, airs live on YouTube on Friday evenings, usually for a Monday podcast. Um, now, what you might be thinking, if you're a content creator who listens to this podcast, and we know you're out there because you like to borrow our, our take sometimes, not footnoted, but, you know, play, you know, do, do your thing. Right. But but don't think if you get a bad tweet by me and Jerry, it's going to get by Jerry. Cause, cause we don't, we don't get them all. No. I'll tell you, I spend less time on Twitter than I ever have. Absolutely. And, and my life is better for it. Also. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I use my burner because my burner is loaded with all the, the beat reporters and the people who are at training camp, but uh, our own Mike, he was out there doing our job for us. He was patrolling those Twitter streets 
and he came across a good person with a bad tweet. Are you ready? Absolutely. So again, tip of the cap to Mike. Mike, thank you for this. And this is Jacobian, the Tungavialoian. And it's at Dynasty Jacobian. So at Dynasty Jacob, I-A-N, at Dynasty Jacobian. And Mr. We'll call him Dynasty. Mr. Jacobian says, Nico Collins will be what many wished Cortland Sutton would become. Hmm. So, okay. Jerry, now, 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 Mr. Collins has ties to the evil Michigan Wolverines. He does, but here's the thing. I actually have, I have ties to Nico Collins. He used to be a regular at the restaurant that I worked at before. Super nice guy. Doesn't like tomatoes, which is, you know, he'll grow into them. I used to not like them either. Um, that is, that's pretty spicy. Listen, I like Nico. I think he's a good person to have stashes on. I think that is super reachy. We're talking. Where did where did he get drafted? Fourth round? He was a fourth round pick or third round pick? I think I Nico think was third. third. If I remember was correctly, Ty. And, and and I do think you'll have a better than average season. Um, you know, but. someone else's someone else's loss is always going to be someone else's gain. That's just how the world works. Correct. And we were sneaky high on John Mechie before the unfortunate news of his leukemia and. You know, we're wishing the best for him, but those targets are going to go somewhere. And yeah, this is it, going to be a bad offense. And I, I, while I agree that Nico Collins is going to be the unintentional beneficiary of Mechie's misfortune. Cortland Sutton, what everybody wanted Cortland Sutton to be? Come on. I, 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 I don't know how much money that I, I, I know this. I know like my wife lets me have like a hundred bucks a week. So, so, so whatever that is, um, I know we have more than that, but I'm not sure how much more than that, but I would go up to like, and, and get like everything that I could possibly get. And, Same you know, like, it, it, yeah, absolutely. And we would have to figure out a way to um, make a wager, you know, injury would have to be a factor. We'd have to like set like a minimum games played, but I would like to bet a, a sizable amount of money. That would make Mr. Jacobian Tungavialoian make him nervous that Cortland Sutton scores more points than Mr. Nico Collins. A. Cortland Sutton is the alpha in his in his passing game. Goes without saying. B. I tend to agree. He he is also an, another year removed from his ACL injury. That also is usually that that is usually C. He got a major major quarterback. Upgrade D. Right. He also had target competition limited by the loss of Tim Patrick. So I I will much much rather have Cortland Sutton and all the things he's got going for him. On top of the fact that he's already had a thousand plus yard season with Drew Locke, um, I'm all for a good bold and spicy take. But uh, this is a good person with a bad tweet, Jerry. Yeah, I'm with you. It, I mean, they're sort of similar in that aspect. But also, one has to compete with Brandon Cooks, who has historically just been good. And an exponentially better quarterback with Cortland Sutton also. So the situation just, it is, I, I, I would love to hear the argument further. I don't know if you can convince me, because the data that I have would suggest that that is just not the case and you're reaching. But Yeah, I'm looking, I'm, in, in my head, I'm, I'm, I'm going over data points. Is Nico Collins a better athlete than Cortland Sutton? Probably I don't not. think so. Does Cortland Sutton have the better quarterback? 
Yes. Yeah. Is the wide is the, well, we won't even call him wide receiver one or two. Just for for the yeah. sake of the is the other wide receiver the starter in the offense better or worse than him? And at at, at the best case scenario, you could say Judy's a push. Yeah. Whereas in the case of Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks is clearly a, a a a better a better wide receiver. So I get wanting to have a spicy take. I get wanting to have some fun. Uh, I, I think I would have liked it better when when he said. I, I think it could have been worded different, and I, I don't think Mike or myself would have been uh, as taken back by it if he just said. Like, oh, like if you say something like, you know, at Nico Collins' ceiling, he could be Cortland Sutton. Okay, like I, I can buy into that. The thing about Nico Collins also is, even at Michigan, never the guy. Donovan Peoples Jones was much more productive than him the whole time in Ann Arbor. So I just well, just 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 start to weird. tweet out, you know, put the little fireballs and things on on the tweet. Mm-hmm. Hot take alert! Yeah, Nico Collins will have a better season in twenty twenty two than Cortland Sutton. At least then we know you're you're denoting that it's a hot take and not just a bad take. So that was good people. But and Jerry, I have a sound effect for him, you know, because this is what we're going to give him on the way out. That was good people. Bad tweets brought to you by our Patreon. He threw threw the cockeye fastball inside a little bit too much on that one. It hit the tip. Yeah, just the tip. It grazed the tip. And uh, speaking of our Patreon, man, uh, one of our newer members, Peyton, so he was like, I was moving over the weekend, which, you know. Horrible. I wouldn't wish, I mean, you you recently experienced this. It's horrible. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Dude, moving is the worst. And he's like, I, I, I put my phone down. We were moving. Um, he was driving a, a, a U-Haul truck from one part of the city to the other, he said. Awesome and uh, he's like, I picked my phone up, and it was like 120 messages. Uh, the gang over at the Dynasty Warzone Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone on fire. Um, we have a great admin over there. His name is Neil, Neil Gray. Um, I would give you his Twitter handle so you can follow him, but it's something like at NRG179384. I don't know. I follow him. If you want to go through all the people I follow, you'll find him. And, and um, he recently did our patron 15 league. And, you know, Neil will collect the dues sometimes and then, you know, send it over to me. So I only have like one transaction to to deal with as the uh, the, the official admin myself. And I was like, hey, dude, did, did you get that? He's like, no, Memphis, best part is, is we're doing this for charity. I'm like, well, how about that? So uh, a lot of good stuff going over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. If you're looking for an active group chat, if you're looking for good people, uh, just last night I recorded a bonus Patreon podcast uh, just for Patreon listeners. And you get all of that. You get to hang out in a great group chat, extra podcast, extra content, and, and you might get to be in the league with Jerry or I, Jerry. How about that? Listen, that's what I'm saying. Hell, if you really want to be a content provider or a content creator, people have gotten their start in this aspect too. So, you know, I'm, the, I'm world, really, the world really is your waiting. oyster. You know, that's, I, I, that's I'm really waiting. I need someone to handicap it. I need someone to say, hey, this is the Dynasty Warzone content creator that's going to get snapped up by a bigger site. You know, because we got some good ones. We got yeah. Dallas, we've got the boys of the Dynasty War Games. Uh, Kyle's kind of like us. He's going to stick around, but uh, you should stick around long enough to go to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone and become a Patreon. I think it's a, a good move for you and uh, it helps the show. 
So, Gerald. Yes, sir. Into some camp news, sir. Boom. Uh, what has been the biggest takeaway from you from the last couple of days? Uh, Kareem Hunt came out and said, uh, I'd, I'd like a trade. I think that was a big piece of news that would have had major impact on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now, I will say from just like a, like a fan standpoint, I'm glad Cleveland said no. It's like when you was a yeah. kid and you say, Mom, can we stop at McDonald's on the way home? And they'd be like, we got better than McDonald's at home. No. And you never believed them. But like Cleveland was just like Kareem Hunt was like I'd like a trade, and they were like, nope. So what were your thoughts? Uh, obviously, nothing's really changed because the situations have changed. But was there a spot you would have liked to have seen Hunt traded to? One that could have uh, obviously, if he leaves, that gooses the value of Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb. But was there a spot that he could have landed in that would have really ratcheted up his value? I don't I, – I mean, maybe if it, it's a really bad situation. Like, even if he ends up in Miami, I still think Miami's going to end up being a clusterfuck, and you're just not going to know what's going to happen, even though I think that would be the best situation competition-wise for him, just because I don't think there's any great guys there. But not really. I think Kareem Hunt's role is exactly what it is now. He's going to get – 11 to 14 touches and you know he's gonna do good things with him he's the 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 Andy Reid Kansas City Kareem Hunt as a rookie stuff that's gone you know it that's I mean the that in the NFL is gone in general for the most part also so it, it is what it is so I understand why he's doing it because not only did they they re-signed to Ernest Johnson I believe they drafted Jerome Ford Nick Chubb is obviously still there. Like it, it was, they are screaming from the top of the mountain that they have no desire to keep him. And so now he's got to go to camp knowing that if anything happens to him, he's unlikely to get a contract in the NFL again. So he's just, you know, he's trying to help his own security. And I get it. I see where he's coming from. But also, I understand why Cleveland's not going to do it because you're 27 years old. You want, more money than your role is going to be worth. I don't know. It's, I get it. I, I have a hard time believing that Cleveland's going to sign this man. I, I, this is good. This is going to be the end of his time there and he'll get signed probably to a contender who will have another awesome running back there next year. And his value is going to say stagnantly the same in that same sort of ADP. It'll, it'll dip because he's older. I, for for me, I I think this is a way of Cleveland saying we're going to run you and Nick Chubb into the ground. I guess uh, especially the first six games of the season, which is the current length of the Deshaun Watson suspension. Uh, it could be more, and those first six games are very winnable. But I could see a scenario. Last I remember, the trade deadlines usually in October, somewhere around Halloween, give or take. And I could see a scenario where maybe Watson gets suspended for twelve games. That's the latest rumor I've heard is that the NFL wants to double it. They'll probably wind up settling on 10. Let's say there's a scenario where after those 10 games and it's getting around Halloween and the Browns are like three and seven, four and six, and we know the AFC is just going to be loaded. You know, the entire West is a potential playoff candidate. You've got the uh, AFC East with Buffalo, maybe New England and and Miami, Um, the Colts and the Titans you know, as well as the entire AFC North. So if they fall behind the rest of their AFC North, you know, competitors, I could see a world where if a contender 
lost a running back, like even hypothetically my Colts, I'm not even going to put it out there, but you know where I'm going. I hear you. You, you know, and they needed a guy to kind of bridge. That's when I could see a Kareem Hunt getting moved. Because if you're going to let him go at the end of the season anyway, and why not get something? Why not get something for him? I don't know how the compensatory pick works with with where they got him as a as a free agent and then signed him. But uh, it's better to let him go with a little something in your pocket than just to let him go. But from a dynasty standpoint, you know, I've racked my brain. There's not a whole ton of. I mean, I kind of want to say the Raiders, maybe. See, but I feel like he's just that's more that's a clusterfuck too, and he's going to end up in the same exact role that he's had. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally go around and there's just like not. I mean, like if, if you put him in Miami, I mean, he's clearly the best running back out of Raheem Moster and Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle and that but bag of hearts. But all of those names, you, you know, they're going to get work too. So it just it sucks. And and so if you have Kareem Hunt for right now to start the season and he's part of your starting roster, you're kind of just hoping he stays. Yeah. And, you know, you're just going to plug him in as like an RB2-3. I'll tell you, we're going to talk about trades here in a minute. Um, Remind me when we can talk about trades, talk about my Kareem Hunt trade from last week. I don't know if we brought it up or or not. Uh, Another bit of news came out, um, a dynasty bust, and not just for dynasty, but an NFL bust. Jalen Rager, it came out on the the Philadelphia Eagles beat that Jalen Rager looks too good to release. As in, hey, you were looking like such a pile of trash that we were going to cut you, but now we're making teams think that maybe they should give us something. I think the Bears are going to wind up with uh, – they continue to lose wide receivers left, right, and center. And the Bears clearly like bustable first-round wide receivers. I mean, they took <laughs> Enkeel Harry. Yeah, He's already got a high ankle sprain. I know Byron Pringle's hurt. Uh, maybe, maybe they're just trying to entice – teams to give them something for Jalen Rager. But, Jerry, is Jalen Rager doomed to join the likes of Laquan Treadwell, um, you know, th- those kind of guys as first-round wide receiver busts? Is that, like, the best he's going to get? I mean, it, it would hard. It would be hard to argue otherwise, wouldn't it? Because we've just – we've seen nothing. It's it, it, In fact, it's not that we haven't seen nothing. It's that it's – what we have seen has been bad, too. It would be one thing if he hadn't played and maybe there was a hope that he was going to play and it was just going, you know, we didn't know. It's been not good. And But if you have Jalen Rager, the best thing that you could hope for is for him to go somewhere because he has to compete with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, who they – And traded. Dallas Goddard. And Dallas Goddard. In a low-volume pass offense. They traded to get a, a first-round pick to get A.J. Brown. They picked Devonta Smith with a first-round pick. So clearly, and this was all with Jalen Rager on the roster, so clearly they saw it went, this is a, a shit situation. We need to address it. And they did. So you're always, always, always going to be fourth fiddle on a low-passing offense. It, it, it's like a scratch-off. It's a scratch-off. You're, you're, you're hoping he goes somewhere and maybe you can get Devonta Parker – you know, year four, year five, or whatever that was, where he had like a thousand fifty yards, and maybe you can have a little bit of hope, a little bit of selling window, and hopefully you take advantage of it. But it, it, as long as he stays there, no, absolutely. Useless. Where do you think's a good destination for him? 
What, where is a spot that you would? I don't think you're ever going to go. Like, I, I think. Yep. I think it has to be Chicago. But you think, they, just think Chicago's a good spot? I, I mean, Green Bay too, but I, I, I don't really see them wanting. to I don't do see Jalen Rager and Aaron Rodgers private. I just I think that would help his value a little bit if it did, even just perceived value. But uh, I, 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 I can't I, I can't foresee it happening. But even if it, it was Chicago, right, where there's just you know devoid of wide receiver talent, are you still excited? Like, are, are you happy to have Jalen Rager thrown into a trade? No. So uh, I I don't know if anything could do much for his value at this point. What about what about Jacksonville? He could go down there to like the land of misfit toy wide receivers with Christian Kirk, and you know I'm not even going to besmirch the him, good, him, the good him name and of Marvin Jones. At this point, are just two peas in a pod, right? Like De- Debbie Darlings, who have just you know farted right dude, in all it, of our dude, face. It, it, it's it's totally tough. Like the one the one that's uh, that got my eyebrow raised is like there's no quote unquote timetable. For the return of of Joe Burrow, now he is coming off of yeah. a. I think I think the. I'm gonna do my best, Jerry. You ever heard Memphis pronounce big words like from the medical yeah. dictionary, <laughs> uh, medical terms? An appendectomy. I think I got that yeah, right. Good. It feels good. good. It's, it's, I mean, I'm going with an appendectomy. He had his uh, he had his appendix taken out. For those that yeah. don't know what an appendectomy is, and there's no timetable for his return. I'll, I'll tell you the, the the thing that I've I believe. The Bengals and Joe Burrow have kept under wraps as like a potential like MCL sprain or some more damage to that knee from the Super Bowl. Cause it sure looked like he got nuked in the one of those final drives trying to win that Super Bowl. And I think there was that moment where we all gasped. Um, I would just like to see Joe Burrow out there. Now, from a dynasty standpoint, doesn't really impact anything. Uh, if anything, if this causes pause in anybody, I'm, I'm all about Joe Burrow. But would you like to see him out there sooner rather than later uh, vibing with Chase and Higgins and Boyd and uh, Hayden Hurst and, and the like? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he has to. I don't think it's going to change anything for me. But, of course, you would like to see it. Joe Burrow has yet to have an offseason that's normal. He comes in as a rookie. It's the COVID season. So, you know, he's he's meeting people virtually at first, and, and that's fucked. Last year, he, he has the, the knee issue, so he's totally recovering from that. And now there's this. This man has yet to go into a season fully healthy and, you know, just, just grooving in the offseason. But he's also been good, and he hasn't needed to do that to be successful. This man took the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl after not having the offseason because of his knee last year. So it, it's... It's not detrimental to his success. So, yes, obviously, I would like to see it because I am selfish and I have Joe Burrow shares. And just seeing, you know, Joe Nasty throwing it to Jamar Chase is just a piece of Renaissance art that belongs in the Louvre. It's not necessary. It doesn't need to happen. I, I would just say this. For our dynasty brothers and sisters out there, you've got nothing to worry about. Correct. But if but if you know we're coming up on some of the largest redraft weekends of the year, and I'm telling you right now, as much as you may want to pull the trigger on a Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty, if you will, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pass, and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, much like last year, he did not get off to the banger start that everybody may have thought that he would have, 
and whether it's the appendectomy, whether there is really something wrong with his knee, I can just see where the first, I don't have their schedule pulled up in front of me, but I could just see a world where their first two, three weeks is a little bit slower. And maybe he, maybe in a redraft league, he gets dropped. Maybe someone's dissatisfied in a one QB redraft league. But yeah, I think I'm going to fade him to start the year and maybe go with someone a little bit more steady coming out of the gate. And then, uh, Hope to get some of those Joe Burrow uh, big weeks uh, coming down the playoffs. So week week one Steelers, week two Cowboys, then you get the Jets, then you get the Dolphins, and then you got to play in Baltimore. So I, hear I mean, you. I, three I, of I those see first a, five are not are not easy games. Well, I, I see three of the first five as games that you don't necessarily have to air it out a ton. I don't right. think you're going to have to air it out a ton versus the Jets or the Dolphins. What was that? Oh, Steelers. Steelers, that yeah. should be a little bit more of a low-scoring game or a game they yeah. can win without having to score a bunch of points. Dallas could be a shootout. That could be a low that could be a low-key, sneaky, you know, 49-50 point total on the over-under in that game. But then you could see where the they Jets, would like the Jets, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the next three. So you would, you well, would they, assume they, those are probably gonna be low-scoring games. You know, I'm curious about the Ravens game That's this year. True, they, true. they they lit the Ravens up last year, not once, but twice. And Baltimore had a lot of injuries. I'm just curious to see how much revenge Baltimore wants to take against the Bengals. But Jerry, that's really the biggest news that I found recently uh, on camp. It's been kind of a quiet week, which is both good and bad. Um, but I hey, want to talk. Let me just throw this. Well, sure. Before, sorry, before we get into this next one, I'm just looking at the schedule. Championship week, the Bengals play the Bills. The week before, they're in Foxborough, December 24th. They are on the road at Tampa Bay the week before that. So that's a that's a rough schedule. That's a rough playoff schedule for, for Joe and the Bengals. And uh, is the Tampa Bay game in Cincinnati or in Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay, at least. So okay, at least so you're, you're in some decent yeah. weather there, but, I mean. You're I mean, on the road still with Tom talking, Brady. Week week seven, seventeen this year. That is the uh, the weekend of January first, second, third. Yeah, could be a very. I mean, I, I live in the Midwest, uh, as do you, yeah. and not always balmy weather in uh, early January. And same thing in Buffalo. Buffalo, not great weather. Um, Tampa Bay. The only concern there would be rain. Uh, it does tend to rain a bit, yeah. but um, that's an interesting schedule for sure. So. Um, Completely not fading Joe Burr and Dynasty. No, Love the guy for Dynasty, but from a redraft standpoint, I could see where maybe you just uh, maybe lay out like and maybe wait a couple of rounds and get a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr. I think I think Derek Carr could low key lead the league in passing yards this year. I really that do. Is, that might be a, a good person bad tweet right there. No, no, I, I said it's a spicy take, Jerry. I said it, it's it's, it's <laughs> not like something right. I'm. It's not like I'm going to say. Uh, Derek Carr is going to be everything that we thought Matthew Stafford could be. <laughs> Wink. You, you, you can't see this unless you're watching the YouTube Dynasty Warzone. Just search it on YouTube. You can't see the wink that I just gave Jerry, but that was like that sarcastic-ass wink that I put on Mr. Sinclair. So I want to talk about trades. And the okay. genesis, when I, when, I, when I told you we were going to talk about trades and Dynasty trade etiquette tonight, uh, a couple of weeks ago, no, I, I'm – I, I much like Pete Rose and cockeye fastballs. I just, I'm just not afraid to say what, what comes to my mind. And, and have you ever got a trade 
that you were just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, of course. You know, I, and, and I was like, this was not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. And uh, you get the, you get, this is, this is a MFL, you know, cause on, on sleeper, you get the sleeper alerts, but on MFL, I get like the, the Gmail. Yeah. And it says you have a trade pending. And you know, as much as I've played dynasty in, in many, many years, that's, that's just a way of me saying I'm old as fuck. You still it, get excited. It, 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 you, you really do. I'm just going to tell you this. The minute that, that you get a sleeper notification or you get an MFL email notification that you have a trade, the minute that stops even being the slightest bit exciting, it's time to hang them up, buddy. Hey, listen, it, no matter how many notifications I have on my phone. A bajillion between the patron and every other group chat, bajillions. Luckily, she's not watching, but I don't give a fuck if it's a text from my wife. If I see the sleeper notification that I got a trade, first one I'm checking. I promise you that. So so anyway, it was, you know, about 10 days ago. And I, I, I see, I, well, I have something from MFL. I'm like, well, well, well. Well, well, we go. well, what have we got here? A lot of way to start a Sunday. This is exciting. <laughs> I got uh, Mark Ingram coming my way. You tell me this one. And, I, and I'm giving up Isaiah Spiller and a third. Yeah. And, and, and I, I mean, I went from excited, and, and, and I think my initial, my, my initial reaction was probably a little bit something more like this. I mean, I, I really just you know, kept looking at it like, is this real? Is this real? So I had to go back to this draft because that's one of the things about MFL. It makes it super convenient to go back and look at your rookie draft. And I'm like, I, I drafted Isaiah Spiller in, in the third round. So why would I want Mark Ingram? I don't, I mean, maybe if it was Mark Ingram in a third, right? Because then I'm getting like a refund on my acquisition cost of a third and Mark Ingram. And I got, I mean, and I went straight to the group chat. Now, I don't name names, but I was like, guys, do you think that I don't read Twitter? Because this was the weekend that Isaiah Spiller was everywhere. You know, it was all the beat reporters and the the Twitter alerts was Isaiah Spiller is running with the ones. Uh, Austin Eckler saying, hey, we got to get this guy more involved. He's going to help me out. And then I get this offer, man. I went from I went from excited to felt like someone slapped my mom at Jerry. What What would you have thought if you had received that trade? I mean the same thing. I mean that's that's a that's a future trade. It's it's one that you wonder. Do I send those? Because I feel like I truthfully, Randall Young, I truthfully believe that I don't. So if I've ever sent a trade that is something like that, please call me out. And, 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 it wasn't you, because I would have well, called I, you I out. Know. No, no, no. I'd be calling you out on right now. I would not have Mark Ingram on my lineup. If he was in free agency, that old motherfucker would stay there, because I don't give shit about Mark Ingram, nor does anybody else. You know, but I've actually, I have not gotten any bad offers like that. I've gotten offers I didn't like. It, it seems like everybody is, you know, I, I have talked about how much I like Hollywood Brown quite a bit on the show. So I have a lot of shares of Hollywood Brown. I would guess he is probably my most owned player. 
Um, I have been getting so many trades for him, which is fine. I get it. You know, he's he's in a good situation. And most people don't love him as much as I do. And they may or may not know how much I like him. So they're trying. I decline it because piss off. He's my man. But, you know, so here's what I will say. Let's talk rule number one about trade etiquette. You do have to try and help the person that you're trying to trade. Say it again for the people in the back. Like, it's it's not a, a it's a two-way street. You know, it's like a high five, Randy. Like, if I hold up my hand. I, I love this analogy. And absolutely nobody reciprocates the, the hand slap. We don't have a high five. There is no high five being done. I have my hand up and I'm looking like a fucking goofball and that's all that's happening. So I need I need the reciprocation. And that's how we get the trade done. So you do have to help me a little bit. I'm not just a fucking nincompoop who what? sees a trade and is like, oh, this will help this guy out a lot. And I really want to make him have a good day today. So I'm going to take Mark Ingram. No. You know, you know, he, here's how I, here's so after the the initial moment of shock and awe and you know you know it's like uh, we we always see like the rich kid in like the mercedes or the bmw and like he's getting pulled over or he's trying to get into a bar and, and you know he he drops the the uh the the, the classic do you know who my father is <laughs> yeah and, and yeah. i don't want to be that guy cuz this is a league with with fellow content creators and i'm like do you know who i am do you know who i am you know, and here's the thing. I don't blame anybody, whether you create content or this is your first time listening to a dynasty podcast, because if that's you, thank you very much. True. But but I do not fault you at all for one second for trying to strike on the hot name going around Twitter. Of course. I can think of a few years ago and the guy you're very familiar with, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. All of a sudden he had a couple of touchdowns against my Colts on a very sunny Saturday. And all of a sudden, that man went from being like a rookie third-round pick to being like a rookie first. Yeah. And then as that preseason drug on, the man's value only went up to where he was you know, going for a first plus. In some cases, I remember that fateful summer seeing him going for multiple firsts. Those, by the way, are the leagues where if you don't get the league dues for the year of those multiple firsts, yeah. those are what's known as a collapsible league and will fold like a house of cards. But any, or you're at least replacing that GM uh, of that team. So I don't, I don't blame somebody who has zero exposure to a certain player, especially in Dynasty. Um, but know who. For, so the first thing, you know, it's always when I, I teach my son or, or or anybody about, you know, how to approach who, what, when, where, how. Who are you dealing with? What are you trying to get from them? What's going to help them go? So in this case, who was me? I am me, motherfucker, and I am not the one who's going to take Mark Ingram for jack and or shit. I don't, I don't want him with a boat. I don't want him with a goat. I don't want him on a plane. I don't want him on a train. I do not want Mark Ingram here. I do not want Mark Ingram there. I do not want Mark Ingram anywhere. And, and know who you're dealing with. And, and I also think that instead of, because I'm, I'm going to say like a bad trade offer like that, cold, cold, that's the dynasty version of a dick pick. Random. Random dick pick. Am I wrong? 
I mean, I've never gotten one, but it does. It I mean, does I, I mean in, in, in fairness, I, I, I would like I would like to get someone, male or female. I don't care. What's it like to get an unsolicited dick pic? Because I got to tell you, that's what it feels like getting a trade offer with Mark Ingram in it. That's true. In 2022, it absolutely does. It's I, I mean, that's what I mean. Like you have to, you have to at least like I understand that you want to win the trade and you want to make your team better, but you you have to pander to the other team at least a little bit. There has to be something that helps them in the trade. That's what I just I I, I don't understand. Which a casual is DM. a big it's, it's a it's a big yeah, and you could just ask too. Like maybe you see their team differently than they do. I, 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 think, I think this fellow GM kind of kind of got the trade process out of order. You know, uh, the, the the trade doesn't come across as gross or as dirty as if that GM had just said, "Hey, listen, I noticed you got Spiller in this league. You know what? I know his name's going around. I have zero exposure. What are you looking for?" And I'll be quite honest. My answer probably would have been like, I don't know. Send something. Then at that point, that's on me. At that right. point, I uh, I own that Mark Ingram trade because I was like, I don't know. Send me something. Then then I can't then I can't put any of the fault on you, right? But, but there is a natural order to things, and, and just you know, again, if the trade doesn't make you nervous, hitting send. And it's a cold trade offer with zero dialogue. It, it it's it's probably going to get met with uh with less than favorable results, Jerry. Like I sent one today. I I, I sent one today, and uh, what, 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 what what is the, uh, the the roast me? You know the the, the roast me mm-hmm. on on like social media. Um, I covered this last night. By the way, little shameless plug. Me and Dr. Kyle Bowser, uh, my co-host over at the Fabulous Big Bet, he's been out gallivanting across the globe, literally. But I got him tied down last night to uh, talk a little dynasty. And if you want to see that conversation and you're not a Patreon, you got to go to YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Dynasty Warzone. It came out on Monday the 8th, and you'll see Dr. Kyle and I. Or if you want the audio version, go to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Sign up for that. You'll be able to listen to that podcast and dozens, literally dozens of other podcasts. But, but I said, I'm big, I'm big on Trevor Lawrence this year. I I think urban Meyer, that situation, that entire thing in Jacksonville. And I think even though there are a bunch of uh, mid-level wide receiving options, I really think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a year. So in a league where I won this league last year, startup, by the way, humble, not, not, not that humble brag, but I've got aforementioned Justin Herbert, but behind him, I've got Carson Wentz, I've got Mitch Trubisky, and I've got Sam Darnold. I have a guy who just got replaced and two guys who are about to be replaced in 12 short months or less. So my thought is, is you know what, I'm going to go to an owner that I don't think is trying to compete this year, and he had Derek Carr and he had Trevor Lawrence. So I offered straight up Justin Herbert for Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence, and Miles Sanders. So I would get those three coming back for Justin Herbert. What are your thoughts on this offer that I put out there on these? Uh, and uh, mind you, this was a cold offer, so I did I, I did slang this out there, but uh, at least it passed the smell test. And by smell test, I meant the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Um, 
I'm fine with it. I don't think it's crazy. Did you get did you get serious backlash for it? I have not got a response, sir. This is uh, okay. most of most of the leagues that I'm in are with people who work for a living. So unlike a lot of people speaking of what trade a etiquette, bullshit that is. I, I I don't get butt hurt if you don't respond to my trade in 45 seconds. You know what? I I, I we're in a group chat for this league. I said, hey, Justin Herbert offer out to dot 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 dot, and I know at some point. This particular GM will look at it, will respond, and we can either pick up the negotiations from there or I'll move on down the road, Jerry. Weird how that works. Okay. Well, I'm in this league, so now I got to try and make some offers for Justin Herbert. Now that I know you, he's you, you on come the on, block. you come on, you come on over, Rover. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to turn. I'm trying to turn one A plus into a, a B plus and a piece with, with major upside. Because I, okay. I, I my, my personal opinion is that we waited too much the rookie year of Trevor Lawrence. I think we're going to look back for, for in a year from now, and not even a year from now, probably eight months from now, and we're all going to look around like a bunch of dumbasses. At least I won't because I'm, I'm already the forerunner on this. Shocker. But we're all going to look around and go, Jesus, H. Christ on a popsicle stick. We were way too goddamn low on on trevor lawrence he is the real deal and it was all urban meyer and we're gonna be like why didn't i have more trevor lawrence i'm gonna have more trevor lawrence that is my goal i am also but i also already had a shitload uh i traded you trevor lawrence at some point in that league um i yeah, mean you, traded him, you traded him to me too yeah we went back and forth for a little bit there uh, i'm gonna have a lot of trevor lawrence too but I think I think that's a good offer. Let me talk to you about Miles Sanders, though, because I feel like that's not a person that you would normally trade for. It's definitely a Jerry guy, a, a running back that people hate, and I just accumulate. But why why was that the guy you wanted? Well, uh, I, I hope this particular GM does not listen to this podcast anytime <laughs> soon. I didn't feel like Derek Carr and the current value of Trevor Lawrence was enough for Justin Herbert. Justin agree. Justin Herbert, top three, no worse than top four QBs in a dynasty startup. That goes without question. But for me, it just continues to be – for me, it's – it's they're, once we get in season, they become data points on a spreadsheet. That That's really that, that much for me. Hey, you know, Justin Herbert equals this many points per game. Derek Carr equals this many points per game. Can I offset that loss? What does it look like in the future? And I just, you know, turn it into a calculation. I just, you know, take take some of the emotion out of the names. That sticker shock, hearing Justin Herbert, and you're like, yes, he said Justin. But but I'm just, it's it's points, it's points, and where I could see, and also in this league, I mentioned my other three QBs. I think I have enough QBs to get through 2022. I'm but I I, I I don't I don't have a first round pick in this league. No. And I'm not going to be able to restock my QB group. So I'm kind of getting ahead of it without breaking up too much. Um, I, I With Miles Sanders, this is a league where you have to start 12. You must start two tight ends, and it is a super flex. So you don't have to start two QBs, but you're going to start two QBs. So that leaves eight other positions that you have to fill. And I, I think Miles Sanders is just between injury and just, you know, the the situation with Wentz, you know, two years ago and then last year with Hurts and then more injuries. 
I, I just think he's the kind of guy who at some point is going to have a season or two. I'm not sitting here kidding myself like, oh, Miles Sanders, he's going to be everything we thought he would be. No, I, I think he's a guy right, that could obviously. be he, – he's a guy who could have like some, some you know, like some RB1 weeks. He'll probably finish the season if he plays 15 games as like a middle-of-the-road RB2. And that's the guy in a format this deep that I could use. And, again, I'm just looking at uh, – I think I'm going to have an equal asset in eight months. I think Trevor Lawrence and – the gap between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert is going to be much smaller. And that means all the other stuff that I would have got, whether it's Sanders or another piece and Derek Carr – is just going to be a lot of extra that we're going to look back and be like, wow, look at all that equity he was able to get. But but that's how you build quality dynasty teams. You cannot wait until all the information is available. Because, you know, if you wait, if, and if's a big word, remember, if your aunt have balls, Pete Rose would yeah. be able to throw her a cock-high fastball. Mm-hmm. But but if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. So, but, but, but if, if, but that's where you got to kind of, you know, be able to make some bold proclamations and some projecting and some forecasting because if I wait until next year and Trevor Lawrence does what I think he'll do this season, I'm never going to get Derek Carr and another piece in addition to Trevor Lawrence for Justin Herbert. So that's why I have to make this deal now. So there you go, Jerry. Okay. I can dig it. So what, what would you say one of your top trade etiquettes is because you're not a person that sends a shitload. You have an idea of what you want your team to be, and you try and make that work. You're not a person that what's the what's the like uh, where you shoot out like a when you go hunting and you shoot out a bunch. And oh, you the, just the buckshot, the buckshot approach. Buckshot, thank you, the bu- thank buckshot. you. Buckshot. So, so, you, so you, for those you are not a buckshotter. Let, let me clean up your analogy for you. So, Thank so you. If, if, if you're hunting with a shotgun and, you know, hunting for sport with a shotgun, not an AR-15, a shotgun, and, and you are using buckshot, which is no longer legal, by the way, but it's okay. a little shotgun shell full of a bunch of little metal, metal BBs that like sprays out and hits everything in its path versus if you're hunting with a rifle, that has got a much more accurate cartridge, but you don't you don't get many BBs. You get one lead slug, and you either hit the target or you don't. I am much more of a one round rifle approach. I'm kind of dialed in on on who I'm looking for, and I'm making a precision attack. Now, I know some people, and and, and every league has this person right where, where they. Hey, you know what? Fuck it. I'm I'm unloading Kareem Hunt on my roster. Every motherfucker in this league is getting a goddamn Kareem Hunt trade today. Sure. That's the buckshot approach. Everybody's getting one. Whereas I I am you're right. I am much more the opposite. Like I've been, and this is going to kill my action in so many leagues, but it's fine. I I have been strategically going out seeking Naheem Hines. I am huge on Naheem Hines in, in 2021. So I am I am taking a much more surgical tactical approach with with my trade offers right now. Um, I'm not trying to make it obvious. Like I'm trying to get one deal done, or maybe two Kareem Hunt, or like whoever the player is. You can pick the player. I don't care. Like with me right now, it's Naheem Hines. I'm trying to get two or three done because a lot of the leagues we play in intertwine with our patrons, 
intertwine with other content creators. And it won't take too long for people to be out there going, oh, this son of a bitch is trying to collect all the Naheem Hines. Th then, then either the price goes up or you don't get any. So, so that's my approach. What about you? And are you you're, you're, you're kind of a mixture of the two. I am absolutely a mixture of the two. It depends on the situation. Because in a rebuild, you need to just get trades done. You just need to do it at the proper time. That's the thing about those. Because you don't actually give a shit about winning in that situation. You just need to exploit an increase in value at the proper time. So that that's, that's that. But like right now, I have not done tons of trades right now. Because there's not a reason. I don't need to set my week 17 roster on August 9th. And I don't want to go out and try and form my roster as best as it can to win a championship right now. Because if I do that and I overpay or I lose some of my other assets that I may have later on, like my first, which is a critical aspect in trading usually, and then that running back gets hurt or that wide receiver gets hurt. And now I have no other resources to actually win that damn championship, which I was going to try and pull for this year. So like I, I saw G's in the chat, you know, we're in the Aussie league. That team is shit. So I am just going to have whatever player is doing well, I can help somebody else win. And I'm going to try to, uh, we found out it's called birdshot. Thank you, Mike. Birdshot it. So I can just but bird shots legal is why Mike's saying it. Buckshot, oh, okay. you can still buckshot at this point in 2022 is more of a home defense round. <laughs> okay. And you don't want to be on the wrong And you don't want to be on the wrong end of that home defense, <laughs> mister. Uh, I'd end up shooting myself. That's why I don't have any guns. But so that's the thing. You just have to you have to time it correctly. So it depends on the team, it depends on the time of the season. What I'm not doing right now is trying to win my championship because that can go awry immediately. And so there's there's just no no reason because there you know, I was very high on JK Dobbins last year. But had I gone out, traded a future first, maybe traded a, a lesser running back and got JK Dobbins so I could put him in as my flex. Like if you got JK Dobbins as your flex Randy, you're going to win the championship, right? And then boom, in the preseason he went down. Now I don't have that first. Now I lost the other running back that's actually going to play that I could have traded later on. It, it, it's a situation. So that is what I would say. You you just have to you be smart. You don't have to win the championship right now. You're not uh, going I, to. You know you you can't win the championship right now, but you can lose it. Hundred percent. You, you you can get yourself out there on the, I have one more uh, dynasty trade etiquette slash tip for everybody, and I've actually put this to use in the real world too. Um, don't be afraid to take 10% off just to move something, just to move something you can no longer use. I'll give you a real life example. Uh, if you had 54 minutes into the podcast, Men Memphis mentions youth baseball. Congratulations. You've won. Pay yourself. Um, you know, there's a website you ever heard of it called sideline swap. It's where you can buy or sell or trade used or new you know sports equipment any sport and we had a bat we bought it back in like early in the season it wasn't ideal for my son and i listed it on there and i went on there and i did a little research of what what other people were selling the same model for and i marked it down 20 bucks cheaper than that 
okay, the going price is this. I'm going to mark it down 10%, you know, cheaper than them. What do you know? I sold the thing in three days. Um, I, I think there's a very applicable dynasty version where you do the same thing. You take it, you take an asset, it's worth X. You know, it's not, it's not as, it's not as tangible as dollars for a piece of sporting goods equipment, but it's, it's the same thing. Hey, this guy's probably worth, you know, two first plus. I'm just going to put him on the market for two firsts and I'm going to take the first two first that I get and I'm going to move on down the road. Um, you, you probably could have played the long game and got a little bit more, but at some point it's just good to have the deal done. You know, um, in this case, I took the proceeds from this and we rolled it over into some other sporting good stuff that, that we were going to use. So, um, See, this, this is, this is like to, to bring it into dynasty. This is like what I'm doing with older running backs. Those guys that yeah, have been, that were elite yeah. in 2018. Derrick Henry. Elvin Kamara. Zeke. Yes. Mixon. He's kind of the yeah. odd man out of this group, but True. Dalvin Cook. Leonard I mean, Fournette. You know, they're, they're worth a lot, right? But also, if I hold on too long, this this bar of gold is going to turn into a lump of shit. And I don't want to be holding a lump of shit when the time comes. So that's it. I'm with you. I like that. You know, people are always like, well, you could have gotten more. Yeah, and you're right, right, but I could, but I could have gotten less. True. You know, like I'll, I'll go back to the bat that I sold. I could have waited another month and a half when the 2023 models come out. And then that automatically pushes down the value of what I'm trying to, to do. It's kind of like during rookie season. It's like, we know that coming up on regular season, this is your veteran sell window, you know, with all the hype that Aaron Jones is getting, you may think, I'm going to squeeze this this lemon for every drop of juice I can. And maybe you will, but you might just want to move him because he's a running back. He plays a very volatile position, and you may not get as much juice as you thought. I feel like this is sort of the opposite of what a lot of people try to do. And I don't – I feel like everybody is just trying to milk every last – little droplet of value that they can get out of a trade. And I feel like you're just leaving so many trades on the table. If you do that, I don't know. You know, you know, for me, I, I I've said this and uh, um, this goes back to a different league. I've referenced on the show before trade addict seven, you know, I, I, was, I was fortunate enough to win that league two years in a row. And during that two years, I, I per the group chat, I lost a lot of trades and you know what? I, I like losing trades so I can win championships. It's it's really that simple. It goes back to my Derek Carr, Trevor Lawrence plus for for Justin Herbert. Sometimes you got to you, you, you got to make a stand, and, and you know you're not going to win every trade, no. especially especially it's, when you're adding speculation in there. When when you start adding speculation in there, you know you you think this is going to happen, then you think the value goes up, but if you're wrong. You're going to take the worst of it. So I think in that deal, worst case scenario, everything else in that deal for me falls apart. At least at the end of the day, I've got the silver lining. I've got the 30, 31 year old QB who just signed a contract extension with good weapons and a good offensive head coach. At least I can look back and say, okay, I've lost the value of the equity between, you know, Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. I took a big swing. It didn't pay off, but you know what? If it does pay off, 
then I do real well, Jerry. That's how I do trades. Um, anything else trade related you want to share with these people before we talk about football going into this weekend? Yeah, I took it. I accepted a trade today and it was one that I well, got. Tell it me was, about it. It was it was a cold trade trade offer. Um, Just do your cock high fastball out there. Yeah, he th- he threw the cock high fastball at me. I looked at it and I was like, that's good enough for me. Um, but it's sort of the same thing that it's risky because it's for Deshaun Watson. I like Deshaun Watson. I know he's a person that does not like to risk Deshaun Watson. And it was for a player that I have that I don't necessarily love. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately, if you're on YouTube, G put a comment that said, I have a five-year plan in the Rockolution League. That's if I'm lucky. That's been my worst job. <laughs> you you want to talk about taking a risk? I know I just sidebarred myself. You want to talk about taking a risk? I took Jared Goff in the first round of the startup after they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I do not want to surprise anybody that's listening to this show, but his value did not increase. And uh, my winning also did not increase. Anyway, so I traded away Cam Akers and Amon Ross St. Brown for Deshaun Watson. So in that league, I have Jimmy Garoppolo, I have Drew Locke, and I have Kyler Murray. And it's a Debbie league. It's the only Debbie league I'm in. Uh, so I think I have, I might have a Debbie quarterback, but I don't know shit about him, so I don't know if he's good or worth my time. So I needed a second quarterback. And with Kyler Murray and I have Deshaun Watson, I feel like I'm in a good situation. I've also got Jonathan Taylor. I've also got Stephon Diggs and T. Higgins and CeeDee Lamb, I believe, and maybe even some other wide receiver. So I could give up both of them. And what? Cam Akers coming off the Achilles. No, he's good. Don't get me wrong. But if you've listened to me on this podcast at all, you know I'm not super into guys that have torn their Achilles. Like, I was all on James Robinson. Very skeptical now. Amon Ra, so I have to rely on aforementioned Jared Goff. They have Jameson Williams, who they just drafted in the first round. They brought in DJ Chark. That is a muddy situation. And we got TJ Hawkinson. Listen. I get it. I might not get Deshaun Watson for this season if, you know, if that's how it goes. But if I get Deshaun Watson and he plays in the NFL at any point for the rest of his career, in my opinion, I win that trade because I don't think Cam Akers is going to be in the league being an exceptional running back for more than a year or two. Amon Ra is in a money situation. It, it, it was an easy deal for me. I cold accepted it. Randall, thoughts? Hate it? I mean, I, I don't mind it. I mean, Deshaun Watson's going to pay his penance this year one way or the other. Uh, I know there are theories. The and NFL you only can, have to start uh, one running back in this Sure. I should and, add. And, and I got and, uh, JT. The, the NFL is, you know, posturing, talking about still wanting the one-year indefinite suspension. So, basically, yep. they're, they're doing a negotiation of their own. They're saying, well, we could really come down with this, you know, full year plus, you know, indefinite. Mm-hmm. But if you accept this 12 games, we'll just move on down the road. Right. And, 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 and so, no, I mean, I would love to get him out there sooner rather than later from a dynasty standpoint. Um, but no, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, you, you can't tell me that those two guys aren't carrying risk of, the, of their own. Correct. So uh, I'm good with your trade, Jerry. I am. Listen, I know this was a, a draft edit or a trade etiquette 
sort of podcast. But as far as strategies are concerned, I am absolutely the guy that grabs people that are suspended or hurt every single time, which is why a lot of my rosters have Deshaun Watson. They have Dak Prescott. They, it, it, I just, that's what I do. Joe Burr. Joe Burrow. Like the, the value dips. And now it's Trevor Lawrence. You know, we, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. No, he didn't get hurt. But this man was a the seventh, eighth overall pick in a startup before he played a game. And he did not perform that way. And so everybody wants to push him down. No, it, it, I, the exact the exact kind of person that I love going after. Can I put because maybe we'll talk trades some more because people do like when you and I talk about our trades, some trade theory. You know, we tend to really keep that in the in the patron group chat, but maybe we'll do a touch more of that as we as we get in season. And you know, like I said, if if you wait for all the information to get out there, you're you're never going to get the deal that you want. Right. You know, you can't buy at the top of the market and expect to 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 build equity in your dynasty roster. We and we Jerry, talk, you, we talk poker a lot. Randy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a game of you know, incomplete you do, information. You don't always hit the flush. But when you do river the flush, if you were betting previously before you got the flush, by the time you get that flush, you're making the most amount of money. You had to have risked it earlier to get the most money. And it's Jerry, the same that, that's sort called of situation. That's called betting on the come. You're 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 betting. That's what I'm doing with like my trade. Fastball too. Cockeye fastball. No, it's not quite. But the, yeah, if, if you, you know, basically you, you're betting thinking that you're going to complete that flush or, or yeah. whatever. I'll just leave you beautiful, beautiful people with this. If you make an action in Dynasty, whether that's a draft pick, a trade, an ad drop, anything that impacts your roster, ask yourself this. Say, because I talk to myself all the time. Self. Is this something Joe Q public is doing? Is this something the average working man, average working woman is doing? If the answer is yes, you're probably giving up value. 95 out of 100 times, you are leaving equity on the table. Jerry mentioned it earlier. You have to zig when others are zagging. Oh, everybody's selling Dak Prescott because he's hurt. I'm buying over here. Hey, there's a lot of concern because Joe Burrow blowed up his knee. I'm buying over here. Hey, everybody's excited because Cam Akers is coming back off of the Achilles injury. I'm selling over here. If, if you are buying and selling the exact same players as everyone else in the in the public, you're, you're not making equity, and you're going to find in the long run, now you might hit a, a lick here or there. You might get like a draft pick grade or whatever, but you're going to find by and large if you're marching to the same beat as everybody else, you're going to have a tough time competing, especially – if those people are listening to the Dynasty Warzone, Jerry. True. True true enough. Well, listen, this show, as always, brought to you by Hate Brand Goods. That's HVIII.com. Just search HVIII in your Apple or Google Play apps. You can download the app. New drops three to four weeks a month. Uh, not every single Thursday has a drop. They should check them out. They've got athletic wear. They've got athleisure wear. Wearing a pair of the jogger sweatpants right now. Last time I about, I think I about, you know, like, you know, got a hip flexor. You know, like Deontay Johnson came back to Pittsburgh practice today. I can't get a hip flexor. I, I can't run a nine route with a hip flexor, but I am wearing hate brand joggers right now. 
super comfortable, keeping me warm in my cold-ass basement. And if you head over to thehviii.com and you use promo code MEMPHIS at checkout, you'll save a couple of bucks. And it also helps the show. Speaking of helping the show, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. But if you're looking for the freest way to help the show, search Dynasty Warzone on YouTube and subscribe. Turn the, the notifications on. You won't miss bonus content, which was basically Patreon and uh, for one time only, YouTube only exclusive content. So lots of ways to support us. You can head over to thehate.com. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Rate and review the show or subscribe everywhere, Jerry. It's that simple. It's easy. You know how easy it is, Jerry? How easy is it? It's as easy as hitting a... I hit a, a cock-high fastball. It's as easy as hitting a cock-high fastball. We True. will be back here real soon. We'll be talking more. Maybe we'll talk more camp and, and trades next week. This was a fun show. That's true. Hopefully hopefully Pete Rose has more for us, too. Uh, maybe Pete – I don't think anyone's letting Pete Rose back in the recording <laughs> booth anytime soon. And after we've dropped that many cock-high fastballs, they may not let us uh, – True let us back in the recording booth anyway but if they do it'll be right back here dynasty warzone everywhere but tiktok just because at this point we're still fuck tiktok but like i'm i'm like meandering that way i'm like this guy nudge i'm, I'm nudging my way toward tiktok but until then subscribe support our sponsors support the dynasty warzone thanks for listening have a great week enjoy the first week of many weekends of football talk to you soon guys it's hate brand goods that's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine, or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know like I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to thehate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak